Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we are both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Out. Just in time, so you bought me sunglasses last week, didn't you? Yeah, I did buy you sunglasses. It's great, mate. Yeah. Well, you know, I try and make sure all the conditions are right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got a cool show planned. Yes, we have. We are talking to Lena Chan. We are. Um, who is the founder of Ardia. She is, yeah. Um, Lena was introduced to me by someone that I used to work with, actually. And he was like, you guys should talk because Lena's doing something really interesting. And we did talk. And <laughs> she is doing something really interesting. <laughs> and she's got a great story. Not a great story. A difficult story. A difficult story. But it was an emotional one. And, it's you know, it's all of the reasons that she started Adia. Yeah. Which is all about giving people information and kind of empowering people and giving them access to experts. Which it's kind of what we try tried to do. We try to do it less of a kind of It's less direct. Less direct, yeah. Yeah. But also we've got Professor Tim, so Uh yeah. Yeah. So Um who's talking about needing a wee? Needing, needing a wee. He doesn't need a wee. He does. He always needs a wee. <laughs> he wanted to chat to us about it. Um, no, we... Uh, well, someone, one of our listeners actually wrote in and said, why didn't you ask him about why you need to um, have a full bladder going for a transfer? Yeah, and it's a really good question. It is really good because it's, you know, it's not ideal, is it? It's not comfortable. No, it's not. you got somebody shoving something up your bed, somebody pressing down on your stomach, uh, and you oh, need a wee. I need a wee. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, um, slightly bad news, listeners. Yeah. No show next week. That's a no show. No show. Gentle and Mike. Because I'm going on holiday. Yep. Emma's going on leave and we must let her. Yeah, I'm taking some time out for me, you guys. Fly, my pretty fly. Um, I will, all the way to Italy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're leaving the in-laws in charge of the flat and the cat. And we're buggering off to sunnier climbs with our friends. And uh, it's going to be delightful. I'm going to eat so much pizza. Good. And pasta. Good. 
and also the region that we're going to specializes in raw fish not so great for me okay yeah but the rest is fine yeah maybe stick to the uh the oricetti that's what they specialize oh, in in Puglia what's oricetti it's a type of pasta it's oh, like a um, it's like a thumbprint pasta oh that sounds delicious there you go I'll stick to that <laughs> um yeah so no show next week but we will be back the following week yes we will um in the meantime we've got got a letter from a listener Ooh, a letter from a listener yeah and this is basically kind of becoming a regular feature now hmm not so regular that we'll call it a regular feature. No. But regular enough that it's informally regular. Indeed, which is exciting. Yeah. So um, last week on the podcast, we had the lovely Nadia. Yes, we did. And we talked about metformin and Clomid, and I am an idiot. Oh, I see. I didn't know. <laughs> and I said that metformin and Clomid are kind of the same thing. Right. No, no, no. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Imama has been in touch. Oh. Um, and she has written a really long thing, and I'm going to try and read it without falling over any words. Okay, go for it. Okay. She says, I wonder if you would like to know. Yes, is the answer. Yes, is the answer, Mama. Um, metformin is not a clomid substitute. Metformin hydrochloride is a biguanide. Biguanide? Biguanide? Sounds like a guanide. Can you let us know how to pronounce it, please? A guanidine is a strong basic crystalline compound that's administered to synthesize a chemical release. A biguanide is made of crystalline with two basic properties. It's sort of like two guanidines smushed together. So metformin is working two jobs. To understand that, let's talk about insulin first. Insulin is a hormone that controls blood sugar, glucose, by encouraging cells to take sugar out of the bloodstream. When cells become insulin resistant, the blood sugar levels rise too high. And that, listeners, is common among PCOS sufferers. Indeed. Metformin's first property is that it increases cell sensitivity to insulin. Cells can now remove sugar from the blood more effectively than without it. Secondly, metformin reduces sugar production by the liver and delays the release of sugar from the intestines into the bloodstream. In this way, it lessens the blood sugar spike after meal consumption. For these reasons, it's used to control or prevent type 2 diabetes. People with PCOS often have high insulin levels. Cells adapt by becoming less sensitive, leading to insulin resistance. Additionally, high insulin encourages androgen production, including testosterone. These inhibit fertility. Ovaries are stimulated by some androgen exposure, but too much depresses them. Metformin is prescribed for PCOS predominantly to increase cell sensitivity to insulin, lowering overall insulin levels and often weight as well. As a result, androgen production, like testosterone decreases to a more normal level and interferes with ovulation and other fertility processes less. Clomid, on the other hand, is used to stimulate ovulation. It blocks the estrogen receptors in the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus senses an imbalance and releases follicle-stimulating hormone, our old friend FSH, and luteinizing hormone, our old friend LH, to encourage ovulation. And then she says, sorry it's so long-winded. There are just lots of misconceptions. And she would be right. I think that's really interesting. It's really interesting. And also, I was like, where did you get all this from? Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I was like, are we going to be um, violating copyrights if we read that out? And she was like, I'm pre-med. <laughs> and I was oh, like, okay. Yay. So no copyright violation. Thanks, Namama. That's really helpful. Great. Yeah. Um, and on that note... Enjoy today's podcast. For it is your last for a week. <laughs> for it weeks. is your last for, for a week. For two weeks. For two weeks. Um, so please rate and review us. Yeah. Double time. Yes, please. 
and um, maybe rate and review us just like on next Tuesday when we're not released oh just because you miss us yeah why not yeah spend that time that you would have spent listening writing a nice writing review, review. <laughs> because we all know that absence makes the heart grow fonder it does indeed um and you can follow us on Instagram at Big Fat Negative on Twitter at Big Fat Negative on Facebook Big Fat Negative or you can email us Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com and I think we're up to date on emails as well I think we are yeah guys have a lovely couple of weeks indeed have a good one Vina, it's so great to have you on here thank you so much for having me here yeah, really excited to be here so um, I'm going to start in a slightly non-traditional way okay. and ask you a bit about Adia mm-hmm. and how it came about. Okay. Um, so well, so Adia is um, a company that I founded last year mm-hmm. and it was very much inspired by my journey um, through trying to conceive and then um, eventually my pregnancy. So basically, I never thought I was going to have a problem trying to conceive because I basically spent my entire 20s trying to avoid <laughs> getting yeah. pregnant. Classic. Classic. <laughs> and I thought like, oh, this is going to be easy, you know, <laughs> particularly because I came from a family of four and my husband came from a family of three. Like I never thought it'd be a challenge. Yeah. And, um, so when I started trying, I was um, past 35 with no idea of what fertility was or or any of that and um our first um baby which we did conceive we ended up losing quite late stage it was a stillbirth mm-hmm. uh and that kind of totally turned my life upside down because mm-hmm. i didn't even know what this word stillbirth was mm-hmm. until it happened um and you're just never in that mindset right like when you're pregnant you're always thinking about birth you're not thinking about death mm-hmm. yeah um, of so that completely kind of um, shocked us, both of us. And um, it meant that then the second time we tried to conceive, it took us a really long time, um, almost um, over a year at the, at the point where we were actually starting to consider um, doing IVF. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but then I did, I did manage to conceive right at that. I think it was like the month we were going to go see the IVF doctor. And then I miscarried that second one. Um, and then it was even harder because I think then the trauma of the two losses meant that it was, it it was, I must have blocked it. I don't know. I don't Mm, know how, but then we finally did conceive the third one and then she was born premature at 32 weeks. So then we spent time at the NICU. So, and how long were you in there for? So she was born at 32 weeks and we were there for about four weeks. Um, so kind of. I'm almost getting her to term like a 37 weeks and then and then we, we yeah. left and, and she was fine she was tiny tiny but she was fine and then our second daughter um I managed to then carry her to term so mm-hmm. through all these different journeys I just realized like I was constantly on my back foot I, mm-hmm. I felt like I was constantly unprepared I was over relying on Dr. Google and mm-hmm. one thing that really kind of the, the tipping point of what changed my life was one day a friend of mine said okay you need to go see this doctor it was after we had had all the losses and um and I you know I stepped into his office and the one thing he said to me is like you know obstetrics is really um reactive and it's really backwards and by the time women come to see me they've been suffering for so long Mm -hmm. um and also you know the first thing we need to help you with is actually build your confidence back Mm. Okay. And it was a turning point for me because it was just such a different way of looking at me and my struggles and even helping me kind of think about what I should be doing. And he actually told 
me and my husband to stop trying and he said for the next three months I just want you to feel like really work on getting healthy again um, we're gonna do all these tests to figure out why is it that you can't carry your pregnancies and um, and I really wanted you to focus on your emotional well-being mm -hmm. mm. And during that time, we did a ton of tests. And the, and the other thing that he did was he didn't just test me. He tested me and my husband. Because like, I think historically, whenever women lose yeah. their pregnancies, they only focus on the woman. Yeah. And he's uh -huh. like, it's the two of you. We need to test and really understand the full picture here. So, mm -hmm. And then through those tests, I went on to find out that I had a precondition. And that's what was causing... Um, well, that's definitely what caused the first loss. So... In a way, I was I was lucky in the sense that I found the reason. So we had then a pregnancy plan, and he was able to then um, coach me exactly on what I had to do. So I had to take okay. copious amounts of folic acid, and I had mm -hmm. to take an injection every day. But then it was once I felt pregnant then that I was able to keep my pregnancy. So long story to why Aria. So, you know, our mission is really to help women be a lot more proactive about um, fertility okay. and, and pregnancy. And, and the way we do that is really educating them about preconception health and how important it is for you to be armed with knowledge about your body and what you can do to improve um, your fertility and really understand where you are. Yeah. So, you know, so we provide hormone tests where you can really understand um, like your fertility and not, not just your fertility, but your ovulation, yeah. um, how you uh, react to IVF if you ever needed it, um, menopause, but then really we also provide all the support so women can message with um, obstetrician, fertility specialists, uh -huh. um, clinical psychologists, and nutritionists all on our platform. They have direct access to them. They don't have to go through the GP. Mm. Um, and then we have a wealth of um, education information, so from a nutrition program to meditations that they can download and listen, and then also a ton of articles about um, women's health that's written by doctors because... I mean, I still use Dr. Google every once in a while, yeah. but yeah. like, you know, I think there's some things that is just quite important for pe for women, especially to understand about their bodies that for us, we really made a point that we wanted doctors to write those and put those out there for women so that everything that's on our platform has been written by um, a, a doctor. Brilliant. It's such a frustrating thing, isn't it, when you're going through um, fertility problems or even pregnancy that you have, you'll like have an issue. I always bled at the weekend <laughs> every time I've ever had spotting during this pregnancy it started on a Friday night so you know the, the idea of having access to an expert it's pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that part of the kind of thinking? Yes. yes. And and it was because so this doctor who I met he was amazing. He he really kind of understood that for a woman who had gone through the struggles that I went through, my emotional well being was really important. Yeah. And there's been a number of studies that have shown that um, emotional well-being can impact um, uh, it's epigenetics, it's called. It can impact the baby. Like if a woman is really, really stressed out, like, the, you know, the, the baby will be born with higher cortisol, etc. So, and just kind of like your day in, day out, right? It's like mm. all of us around the table have a higher level of anxiety when it comes to pregnancy mm -hmm. and fertility and stuff. So um, it's uh, it's... He so he always was I couldn't I could email him at any point and he would respond and that immediately would make me feel a lot calmer. Yeah. Um, and then we I had actually done a research or I was doing a research on all these um, clinical trials that they had done. And there was one pretty big um, trial that they did where they interviewed uh, hundreds of women who had had multiple miscarriages. Yeah. 
and ask them what are the things that they felt that most helped them um, reduce their anxiety and, and improve their their, their um, uh, mental health and, and, and well-being. And the three main things that came up was one, access to ability to ask questions to doctors. Mm-hmm. The second one was meditation and third one was peer support. So that's one thing that we really make a point of having on Aria. So people can message doctors at any point because that can really help them reduce their anxiety. Mm -hmm. Meditations we provide, you can download and listen to them. And we're we're growing our community. And it's through that that we hope that by sharing people's stories, um, sharing our own stories, we can help that dialogue, which I think is very helpful to women. Um, So, I mean, I don't want to dwell on this, but um, can you talk to us a little bit about how you were feeling when before you went to see that doctor you, he said that you'd lost your confidence is yeah. that how you would describe it as well oh yeah I mean I blamed myself for everything mm. um you know when I when I lost her I was exercising and and I thought I, I was constantly thinking like oh you know it was probably because I did that one class you know I I overdid it on yoga um and so as it was it was it was like a constant stream of all the things I did in those last seven months that could have caused that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, ju- I just blamed myself for everything. And so when I when I went into his office, he, he just realized it because all the nature of my questions was self-blame. Mm, okay. So he realized that my confidence was really, um, was pretty shattered by it. And and we had gone back to my original doctor, the, the first doctor I had seen, and, and he, his approach was like, oh, you know, the chances of this happening, like the chances of a woman experiencing multiple losses is so low that for this to happen to you again, it's so low that you should just go and do whatever you've been doing and, and, and you'll be fine. But for me, it was more like I, I lost so late stage and that's actually not the norm. I mean, it, you know, pregnancy loss is common, but late stage is not as common so I, I really wanted answers and yeah. I realized that I might not get those answers but I really wanted to do tests I wanted to and, and he didn't open that door so I kind of started going around trying to find somebody who would test me and just f- figure out like was there something wrong mm. and you know and maybe it was part of me still again trying to find a blame in me but but then by running the test it was so empowering because one it told me what was working and what wasn't working mm-hmm. and for the things that weren't working I could I could at least feel like I, I, there was something for me to do, um, to do that. And, and that's not the case with everybody. There are a lot of people who lose and it's unexplained. Yeah. But. And can you, can you tell us about the condition that they diagnosed you with? So I have um, MTHFR, um, uh, homo something other. Basically, I don't produce enough folic acid. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's what I've understood. Um, so, I, so what happened with my first pregnancy was that I had so much blood clotting on my placenta that... Um, the blood wasn't flowing between me and the baby. Okay. Um, so she wasn't growing. She wasn't getting enough oxygen. So she right. died. That's how she died in, in utero. Gosh, it's so, so hard to, to... It must be so hard to find out something like that that you could have prevented, but you just yeah. have no idea about. Yeah, and, that's, and that was at the core of it. And that's at the core of Adia was because... I just felt like, oh gosh, if I had known that, could mm. I have prevented all this? And maybe I couldn't have, you know, maybe yeah, it's, it's, we all have our paths and maybe there's a higher force that pushes us through all of this. But I think it's, it goes back to that confidence point. Um, 
is if you have the data, if you know, I think you just, you do feel more comfortable. You do feel a little bit more empowered, even if the outcome is not positive, you at least feel like I did all I could. You know? Yeah. So it's oh, it a little bit like... So Gabby and I, in our day jobs, are both business journalists. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's hard to have an entrepreneur sitting here without questioning you a little bit about how you started your business and, mm-hmm. and how you turned your experience into a business idea. Like what were the steps... Mm-hmm, that that I did. So, so the very very early j- days, I partnered with Je- um, Jess. So she's one of the doctors mm-hmm. on um, th- that are our advisors, and you know we'd have just these conversations because she 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 treated me um, every time I had a bleed. I went to emergency at um, St Mary's, and she was okay. the, she was a consultant at emergency, so she saw me a lot. <laughs> we got to know each other. <laughs> so we got to know each other a lot, a lot, and you know, and we talked about you know what you know. I think one of the things that she was seeing is how, you know, women come in and out of the system. So, um, and she has a, a special interest in miscarriage. Mm-hmm. She did a really big study looking at um, women that had multiple miscarriages and the emotional impact that they had after. And it was covered widely by BBC, um, a bunch of publications, where she was able to show that a lot of them, 70% of them go to develop PTSD. Wow. Um, so, so we were talking about that and we were talking about, you know, is there something we can build to just help women, um, just feel better and more supported through all of this. And we came up with this idea of like, oh, wouldn't it be great to just have this companion that knew you from day one and would just follow you until you either had a baby or didn't have a baby all the way to menopause. And, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the early days of it, how we literally like, I'd, I'd go have tea with her and we and we we talk about this. So I said, well, you know, let's let's try. And I I started putting a business plan together. Applied to a program at Google, and I was at the time nine, pregnant with uh, Talia. So I was uh, almost nine months pregnant, and her the cesarean was scheduled on the day the application was due. And I'm like, this is a sign. Oh my God. I'm going to submit it. I'm going to submit this application. So I submitted this application, got into the program, and it was great. Um, so I did ten weeks there, developed. Mm-hmm. The business plan, wow. and then heard about Zinc VC, which is an accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then off the back of that, applied um, to join Zinc. I got accepted into Zinc, and then um, I did the six months at Zinc. Found my co-founders at Zinc, and we launched a small beta and raised our funds on the back of that. Um, so then we closed our pre-seed round last summer. That's really exciting. I know, it was really exciting. It's really fun to kind of merge the day job with the evening job. Yeah. <laughs> so what were you doing before that? I was um, an investor. I basically okay. worked in uh, private equity investing for a good 10 years. Okay. So you knew what you were doing. Wow. How did it feel to go, I mean, obviously you, you say that you were kind of about to pop. Mm-hmm. How did it feel from go, to, to go from kind of the, the city to running your own thing? I mean, I was... I there were so great things about my old job, but it wasn't my passion. Passion mm-hmm. and yeah. um, you know by by the time that I decided to do this, I had already been struggling or, or trying to conceive and having the pregnancies, etc., for about three years. Okay. And through all of that, I was coaching other women, um, other friends that were going through that. And and my husband, he's a he's a tech entrepreneur, and he's like you should just start this should be a day job like why why are you yeah. mucking around in in you know private equity when this is what you're really passionate about so he really kind of pushed me and I think 
once you start a family, mm-hmm. these trade-offs, especially one that you've really struggled to build, yes. it, it, the, the trade-offs become big. Um, so I, I said, okay, well, you're right. Like if I want to work on something that's going to take me away from my family, I want to really work on something that's, um, that I'm really passionate about. And that I, also I kind of have my own, I can own, own it a little bit more. I mean, it's, it's crazy and it's hectic and we work crazy hours, but um, you know, I can, I can work from 7 to 1 a.m. if I yeah. want to. And that's fine. And yeah. you spend, make sure that I'm there t- for bedtime and dinner and all that. So it felt like it was the right thing to do then. Amazing. I think you've done, because you've had three children now? Now we have, yeah, yeah, we've been very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've just met baby no. Kaya. We yes. Have. He's beautiful <laughs> and you. smells really great. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, pregnancy after loss is such an anxious time mm. such a difficult time how yeah. did you manage that anxiety you've talked a bit about meditation and things I like that I did a lot of that okay. Yeah. okay I did a lot of meditation I did every night um I did meditation I meditated uh and it, it helped it just kind of helped me calm down um you know all the anxieties I had I, it, it just helped me and I had Jess on my text message <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I need to get a doctor's yeah. mobile number <laughs> we're yet to get to that level yeah. Um, so I, I, I would message her with uh, any questions, um, and, uh, and, and just having, I don't know, I, I think you, you need to kind of figure out what are some of your triggers. So for me, for me it was trying to reduce as much the triggers of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you know, one thing I was telling you about was I just, I just did not let anybody give me gifts. I didn't want anything to do with the baby. Like I didn't want clothes. I didn't want to talk about names or gender. I refused to have a nursery. And it was just to make sure that I didn't have any of those baby triggers around me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because after having had loss, like I couldn't help. Like every time I went to the bathroom, I was scared that I was going to see blood. It's like, I, I don't think you can really stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. But at the end of every day, I really made a point to set aside 10, 15 minutes where I just meditated and relaxed and you know my 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 um doctor encouraged me to work out but I didn't want to I was like I don't I, I just you know as much as they would say like that's not what's going to cause you to lose I was like I don't want to be in a position that mm. I might do that and then feel so so you just kind of need to be really self-aware of what your triggers are and try yeah. to minimize those and so that's kind of how I coped well and I think also it's important to share it with your partner so I shared with Tyler openly with all the things that was anxious to me and um and um he like he 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 stopped traveling on like in the later months because I just felt like I really needed somebody around so he had business trips he had to he had to say no he had his mate's ski trip that he said no to and and I think it's you know he was really supportive of, of just doing things to help me manage my anxiety yeah. and just kind of because it's you can't help it and and even the doctor was like I'm not going to tell you not to be anxious because I know you're going to be anxious yeah. so it's probably yeah. better to acknowledge it mm. <laughs> and and yeah. like you know we can do things to help you cope with it yeah. but it's it's going to be there I totally um I say everything to my husband as well just because I feel like if I voice my silly anxieties and yeah. the catastrophizing that I'm doing that then I can it's out there and like it's it's probably not going to happen because I've said, said it. it. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I know. And I definitely has like with Peter with um Paul. with our first daughter because she was one I think because she was born preterm but I definitely had kind of like clear PTSD symptoms um, yeah, you know yeah. or like OCD like I had I had all of those it's more kind of PTSD where 
I mean, I thought she was going to die if she didn't, if she missed a feed or there was, because like, I think you just are in that different mindset where you've constantly seen loss. And, and it wasn't until my second daughter that I kind of relaxed a little bit more. Mm, okay. And I was like, and, and my husband was great about it because he didn't make me feel bad that I was having those catastrophic um, visions or, yeah. or whatever it was. And he just really tried to bring reassurance in mm. other ways so I, I remember I was having this like just me- meltdown about breastfeeding and not her not getting enough milk and stuff and he's like look let's let's get a maternity nurse if that's going to help you feel more calm and you know so I think that's the it's it, it's really a partnership and if you have yeah. the luxury of having a partner there during this phase it's, it's just be open be open and talk about all the shit that's going on yeah. in your head because yeah. there's a lot going on in your head <laughs> constantly (laughs) absolutely a lot of the women that I speak to um that are kind of going through losses or have been through losses have got quite annoyed with their partners male Mm. partners I should say I haven't spoken to more female partners but um because they will be just relentlessly optimistic until it's fully confirmed that everything's gone wrong yeah 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 did you ever have that kind of experience um yes um I would really encourage I need to I need to remember the book name and I'll send it to you guys okay. but there was one book that I read that was it's literally super thin it was two books that actually really helped me one was called Empty Arms yeah um, and the other one was um, uh, How Men and Women Cope Differently and they're both speci- very specific to yeah. pregnancy loss okay and they were super helpful to me because I remember distinctly when we had the first pregnancy loss, I remember thinking, I really don't want this to destroy me and I really don't want this to destroy my marriage. Yeah. Um, And it was just like this immediate thought I had. Yeah. And maybe it's a, I I don't know, it was something for me to focus on that I felt like I could get control and Mm. try to make things better. And this book really talks a lot about how men and women grieve differently and the role of how men always feel like they need to protect and, and help. And yeah, so that, so that book really helped us feel a way of being open about it and mm. talking about it. Because for example, like I remember the first couple of weeks I was just non, I, I nonstop talk. I, I talked about it all the time and Tyler didn't. And I started getting angry at him because I'm like, why aren't you talking about it? Like you're not grieving. You're not as sad. And, mm. and, and, and it wasn't. And eventually what we got to was because he felt like he couldn't, because if he broke down, he felt like I was going to break down more. Um, yeah. And he kind of felt common, like, he, yeah, mm. he, like he felt like he needed to be strong and he needed to be positive because if he was negative, I was really going to spiral down. Yeah. Um, and then so but but that book basically allowed us to have that dialogue and realize that men and women interpret their roles differently. Um, yeah. And there there's time for for different things. And we wrote we started writing a lot. So, you know, we would write letters to her or we would write letters to each other. Some we shared, some we didn't. Mm-hmm. But you start realizing how to communicate. Um, mm. So I def- definitely that was th- those were um, there were things that. That, that he did do that but then I, I went to re I went on to realize that he was doing that because he was trying to protect me but sometimes that mm, that's not what a woman needs do you feel like your experience of motherhood after infertility or fertility difficulties has has been affected yeah yes yeah I mean with my first one like I mean it was only it's only literally after I had my second one that I look back and I think of how neurotic I was um and to my own it was like it was it was so uh I I mean it's so it was such clear PTSD um where 
I really, I really, I, I, I was obsessed about her feeds. I, I constantly thought I didn't have enough milk. Um, you know, if she, if she coughed funny, I thought she was going to die. Mm-hmm. If, you know, it was, it was, it was that it was, it was, it was trauma. It was literally mm. trauma for the, and it was for the first, it was probably the first four months. It was like that. It yeah. was, I, 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 I just saw danger everywhere and yeah. it was how I parented yeah. um, and how I took care of her. And, and it was really tiring for him. It was really hard for him. Um, but he stuck, he stuck with me. Um, and, and now I, 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 I really do thank him a lot because he let me rather than make me, and I think that's what was quite different from the losses that the losses, there were times that he was trying to make me feel positive. He, yeah. he never tried to make me feel like what I was feeling was wrong. He yeah. never made me feel like, oh, you're exaggerating mm-hmm. and all that stuff. He was always like, okay, so what can we do to make you feel better? Like I literally, I must have taken her to the doctor almost once a month for no reason you know what I mean and now I can look back and say but like I was like she's not gaining weight enough like you know we bought a scale so that could weigh her every day like it was it was kind of like that level until Mm -hmm. eventually I was like okay what am I doing and I think you slowly start getting out of that but it it definitely definitely affected me I don't think it affects everybody but it it, it was so now looking back it was so clear that it affected me and I suppose you've kind of already given a fair bit of advice but if there was someone listening that has suffered similar losses mm-hmm. would you have anything that you kind of you would say to them to, to help them share get yeah talk about it I mean I spent so much time on the web reading other women's stories it, it was through that that I found strength um it was it was through other lost moms that reached out to me that I found strength and found the best resources so um, I remember I was I was in hospital and actually one of really a really good friend of Tyler um, she lost her her baby at 40 weeks wow. um, it was it was the day before her due date and she, and she lost her baby and it, I mean it, it tore them apart obviously and she had heard about us and she doesn't know me and she just sent me an email she sent me an email with um, you know, shared her story, said, these are the books I read, you know, call me whenever you want. And, and I think we did well because of that, because mm. she reached out so early to me. Um, and I felt like I had one person at least that I, and, and we basically became email pen pals, mm-hmm. um, where I was able to share with her all that I was thinking and feeling. And, and it's a roller coaster, right? There's one day that you feel great and there's another day that you feel like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all air has been taken out of you and you can barely breathe. And, mm. um, and she was there and she explained how that happened to her and that grief is not linear. And, and, and that was like, you know, we blame ourselves so much and we can internalize and not talk about it, but really, really do talk about it. Okay, well, Lena, it's been so nice to have you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> And um, yeah, Addy is out there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so you guys can ask questions to Jess because she's there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've all got <laughs> Jess. <laughs> 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 when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's time for IVF. What the F? What the F? Um, we're talking about needing a wee. Yeah, we are. Because when you go for your embryo transfer, they say, can you please present with a full bladder? I took that very literally the first time. Yeah, I did. Basically showed up bursting. Absolutely bursting for the loo. And... To be fair, the embryologist was impressed. They were like, oh, we've got a really clear picture. Well, so I had known this story about you mm-hmm. and had also spoken to, I don't know, someone had said it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be bursting for a wee. Yeah. So I went with a kind of moderately full bladder. Yeah. And when I got there, the nurse was like, is your bladder full? And I was like, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. And she was like, well, you've, got, you've still got time to drink some water. So I, like, drank load more water that I really fucking didn't need to, to be honest. And then when I went in, they were like, oh, yeah, you really did go for the full... I was like, for fuck's sake. Well, the first time um, I went for a week straight away afterwards, because I was like, you can't pee out an embryo, everybody says it. Yeah. Um, Which you can't, but also that transfer failed. Um, and then the second time, I went with a quite full bladder, but not uncomfortably. So I'd like mm. I'd been quite careful about how I'd rationed my water. And then yeah. I had a coffee just before we went in. Mm. Not a real one, obviously. Decaf. Mm. Um, and they were pretty happy with it, but I didn't wee for an hour afterwards. <laughs> it's a funny uh, one. I, yeah. I just found it very strange because you're already feeling a bit strange. Legs akimbo, three people also you know looking shining a light up your vag yeah and um int- you know the fucking speculum going up there and you're thinking you're wedging apart a bit that i'm trying to squeeze closed so it doesn't <laughs> fucking wee do you know what i mean and all of a sudden you're like you've got no defenses do you know what we should have asked professor tim what how often do people pee themselves <laughs> on the table has it ever happened <laughs> Have you ever had a golden shower whilst doing a transfer? It must happen. <laughs> if anybody's got stories of this... Oh, God, let us know. Please let us know. We'll, we'll, we don't need to share it. No, just, we just, just for our own personal enjoyment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really did feel like that might have happened. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I just... But it is a good distraction. Yeah, that's true. From the speculum. Anyway. Well, let's hear what you had to say. So, a number of clinical studies have looked at whether it's beneficial to perform an embryo transfer under scan guidance or not. Um, These studies certainly show that the live birth rate is significantly higher if an abdominal ultrasound scan is performed at the same time. And the reason for this is that um, you can judge where the end of the 
embryo transfer catheter is within the uterine cavity and studies show that ideally the tip of the catheter should be no closer than 10 to 20 millimeters from the fundus which is the inside of the top of the um, cavity. Also the scan lets you um, guide the catheter through a cervix if the cervix perhaps is convoluted or it's a difficult transfer. So really best practice today is to perform um, all embryo transfers under scan guidance. Now to perform um, an ultrasound, sorry, to perform an embryo transfer under scan guidance with an abdominal ultrasound scan, the woman has to have a full bladder. And that's because the full bladder acts as a window onto the uterus. So the scan, ultrasound scan waves from the transducer that sits on, on the woman's lower abdomen um, go through the bladder and look at the uterus. So if the woman had an empty bladder, you essentially can't really see the uterus properly. So that's the first benefit of a full bladder, is it lets you get good ultrasound images. The second benefit is that for most women, most women have an antiverted uterus, so sort of a uterus which is tilted forward. Um, when the bladder fills up, it actually pushes the, the uterus into more of a straight line position. So when the catheter goes through the cervix, it's more likely to be able to go straight through um, on a straight line up into the uterine cavity, rather than with an empty bladder, there's likely to be uh, maybe up to a 90 degree angle between the cervix and the uterine cavity, and therefore, unsurprisingly, that can make it more difficult. So in summary, having a full bladder uh, makes an embryo transfer easier, and it also allows you to perform an abdominal ultrasound scan. In terms of how full the bladder should be, that's a difficult one, really. Um, certainly, um, it doesn't need to be absolutely bursting, but I think the guidance really would be that, that the lady should feel as though you know, she could go to the loo if, um, if necessary. But obviously that will vary from person to person. Emma, how's your week been? Well, Gabriella, I'm feeling reflective because um, in just over a week I will be in my third trimester. Jesus. I know. That came up fast, didn't it? Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, I say that very speculatively because I haven't really felt the baby kick much today. So mm. maybe I won't be in my third trimester in a week. We'll see. Don't say that. The freak out. The freak yeah. out is back. No, I've been thinking a lot about... So basically last night we went to NCT. It was our second NCT. And she was describing like... She was basically explaining the process of giving birth and like how a, a kind of you know, in quotes, normal birth works. And I kind of turned to John and was like, to be honest, I think all this is irrelevant to us because I don't think it's going to work like that for us. And he was like, what are you on about? And I was like, well, I just like, I don't think, I've never been able to rely on my body before. Like, why would I be able to rely on it now? Mm. And then he just looked at me and was like, I think that you're just annoyed that you're not special anymore. And you don't want to be like these people. John, I love it. <laughs> so sympathetic. <laughs> he was like, you just want to keep being special. And I was like, firstly, ouch. Secondly, like, that's an interesting point. It, it from is. From a philosophical point of view. It is an view. interesting point. Because I think, I say my body can't do any of it, but it's Your body has done everything so far. Yeah. It has. To date, to this date. It's done most things so far. A little bit of bleeding. A little bit of bleeding. There was the old not being able to conceive naturally Oh, I mean, that. I mean, mean, since... since. Yeah, since conception, it's behaved pretty much as expected. Yeah. 
Um, in fact, better than some people because I didn't really have morning sickness. Yeah. Like I didn't really have that much tiredness in the first trimester except for maybe for a couple of weeks. Like it's actually, it's, a, it's an improvement on it's some people's average. bodies. Yeah. So, so I thought about it and then I thought about like going into the third trimester and how I felt about pregnancy and all that. And I think I still feel, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of pregnant women this mm. week This week, because quite a few of my friends are pregnant and I saw them. Mm. And then we did NCT, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I still feel like an outsider. I still feel like an imposter into mm. the whole thing. I feel like somebody at some point is going to be like, got ya, you're not pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Psych. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I found you out. Um, and I don't know if that will ever go away. Maybe yeah. when I'm in labour. But it's still like, I still feel fake. And even though now I've got a pretty sizable bump. Yeah. I still sometimes look Is in the mirror. Question? You've been lying to me all along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> doing a mega Conspiracy Markle. theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a really odd feeling, this. And mm. I wonder if it, I wonder if it will go away. I... Ever. Surely. I think you, you're right. Like, as, you know, you can't deny that you're pregnant. No. You've got a, a nice bump. It's very nice, by the way. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's a lovely looking bump. Even though that nurse said it was too low. Oh, fuck off. Oh, midwife, low. sorry, midwife. Um, so, you know, I think... You're you are pregnant, and you are you look pregnant, and you feel pregnant. I do. So, so it's it's odd. It's an odd feeling. Yeah. Um. But other than that, uh, yeah. I just I think I've just been feeling quite reflective the last few days, just like thinking about it, mm. and like thinking about how I feel about all of it. And you know, I started off. I think I started off pregnancy a feeling like I wasn't pregnant, mm. and b just feeling. A lot of guilt that I had managed it when so many other people didn't Mm. and haven't and are struggling still. And it's not, I just, every time somebody's been like, so how is it being pregnant? Is it hard? I've gone, no, being infertile is hard. This is a dream. Mm. This is an absolute dream. It's really easy. Like, Mm, I, I haven't cried for like, apart from hormonal moments, for like six months. Yeah, totally. I haven't like properly sobbed my eyes out for six months which is amazing Mm. like because it was a monthly occurrence that that grief I haven't felt grief for six for well more than that since Mm. the end of the kind of bleeding scenario yeah it's been replaced by anxiety but I mean it's not as bad as grief no it's manageable isn't it it's highly manageable yeah so I mean all in all I'd say piece of piss compared to infertility but that's not to say that it's not sometimes a bit weird yeah well of course it's weird yeah your body's doing things it's never done before yeah my body looks weird to me like yeah. i look in the mirror and i'm like hey up what's going on here and i weigh a stone and a half more than i weighed before and that was last week so probably more than that now which is again weird because i've weighed the same since i was like 19 years old mm. um so that's it's the changes Sometimes the changes are weird and sometimes the changes are like a crazy science project and really fascinating. Mm. I love it when my app is like, this is going to happen to your body this week. And then it actually does happen, except for once it said hemorrhoids. But oh. that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened? No, not Thank yet. Because that's Touch not changed wood. anyone wants. No. 
No. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling about being reflective. But there you go. That's what it's about, mate. Yes. Gabs, how are you? I am good. I have had um, two interesting appointments, okay. as, as previously discussed last week. Yeah, um, as so, trailed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Real cliffhanger. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had my scan yesterday, which was the day before nine weeks. So I'm going to say almost nine weeks ago. Yeah, pretty much. And um, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Baby, do we call it baby? Well, you call it what you want, mate. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a baby yet. Certainly doesn't look like one. Gablet. The gablet. <laughs> yeah, the gablet um, was fine. Good. Um, good heartbeat and all of that. Great. S- seemed to be measuring right, I think. Although the doctor that was doing the measurements, I'm going to say something. Maybe I'm wrong here. But I think she's kind of young and new. Uh-huh. And she she said things such as, oh, we can't, I can't find the yolk sac. Um, oh, so that's measuring measuring it just blah 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 blah. All these little things that were going into my head, like what do you mean just? Is it small? <laughs> like what do you mean you can't find it? Is it not there? Do you know? So like the whole yeah. the whole scan was quite unpleasant. And afterwards, my husband was like, "You were very quiet during that scan." And I was like, "I was fucking freaking out." Like she... it was, I think, my most nerve wracking one yet because she wasn't saying things in the right order. She wasn't starting off by saying it's fine. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I think. That probably comes with practice. Did she look very young? Yeah. She looked younger than me. Oh, yeah. Um, She isn't that young, I know. (laughs) Um. (laughs) No, but it is, like, the thing is that, you know, the really experienced people, they do just go, the baby's fine. Yeah, exactly. Measuring good, all looking good. Okay, now I'm going to do a bit more detailed. Yeah. Do you know? They They don't go, I can't find the yolks. Yeah, like, like, oh, oh, Jesus. Um... But everything was found, and when I kind of questioned her on the sizes of things, she was like, oh, no, everything's the right size. I was like, okay, so it's not just anything then. It's, yeah. you know, oh, God. So um, so that was good. But the reason for the scan was the hematoma. Yeah. Harry the hematoma. Is that what we're calling it? And, yeah, he's still there. Okay. For sure. Has um, he shrunk? Tiny bit, she said. But then she said that might just be the angle. Great. Um, yeah. Or it might shrunk loads and it might be the end goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bit disappointing, I have to say. I was kind of hoping that would have... Um, I've learnt the new word, reabsorbed. That's ah, what we say. yeah, reabsorbed, yeah. yeah. I was hoping that would have reabsorbed by now. Well, it's all very parasitic, isn't it? The old, yeah. The old pregnancy thing. Oh. But then, you know, she kind of was a bit quite blasé about it because I kind of had to ask her, I was like, so, and, the, and the hematoma? And and she was like, you know, yeah, it's still there. And I was like, I know we worried about that. And she was like, she kind of gave me a stock answer of like, well, it, you know, it is because you've had bleeding in early pregnancy. There is a high, there is a higher chance of miscarriage. Oh God! But you know, but it all looks fine. You know, looking at this now, all looks fine. And I was kind of like, well, am I worried about this hematoma or not? I still don't know. Have um, you have you googled? studies into hematomas i've googled a bit i haven't okay. googled a lot i have to say but it seems to me i mean most most of the people that talk about them it seems to have been fine and it's all resolved and but then i was because i was thinking about so my hope was that the hematoma would be gone and i was mm-hmm. kind of looking forward to going for a light jog 
Yeah. Um, um, but it's not gone. And I basically, and in my reading, a lot of people in, I think this is probably in the States, seem to get prescribed bed rest. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to go for a jog if this hematoma is uh, is going to be aggravated by that. Yeah, and no sex either, I think they say yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah no sex. No, it says pelvic rest. Pelvic rest, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? That means no sex. Okay. <laughs> it means quite literally. Just, just fucking say no sex. Pelvic rest and no like um, Elvis style. I was like, no thrusting. thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> None of that kind of 80s aerobic, yeah, you know, yeah. like John Travolta in that awesome video. Yeah. No pelvic thrusts. Um, yeah, fine. Okay. I won't do that. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. I'd like to know a little bit more about them, to be honest, because every doctor at the clinic has kind of been just quite like I don't you know it, could, it should be fine don't worry too much we're not that worried yeah, but no one's really told me yeah what you it want is some information why it's there what will happen to it yeah bleeding is so scary is yeah. it still going is it still no bleeding? so I'm not ble- I haven't had any bleeding since the day of the bleed okay apart from like tiny bit of brown spotting here and there which yeah. I'm not worried about so I've been very lucky like it's stopped which is why I was kind of hoping it had gone. Okay. Um, and I was reading about them and apparently it'll either reabsorb or it will just come Drain. out. Yeah, yeah, which is a scary thought because that, you know, no matter how much you're prepared for it, it's going to be a frightening thing to, to yes. have a load of blood gush out. I think mine kind of did half and half. Do you reckon? Yeah. Because oh, you had more bleeding when you gave up. Yeah. I don't I don't think when I um, stopped the drugs, I don't think that was anything to do with it because it had gone okay. by then. Oh, okay. But... Um, I definitely, I continued spotting for a really long time. And did you have a scan where they were like, oh, it's gone? Yeah. And was that, which scan was that? Um, That was nine and a half weeks where they were like, there's no evidence of it. And I was like, great. Thank God. But at the same time, I was a bit annoyed because I was still bleeding a little bit. Mm. So I was kind of hoping that it would stay as explanation. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. It's not great. I'm not, not delighted by it. No. Um, but you know, if I, as my I was talking to my friend earlier today, just like if doctor's not worried, yeah, don't well, be worried. It. That's all you can do is just mm. like follow their lead, which is really difficult when they're not giving you any fucking information. You have to go to Doctor Google. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's annoying. But um, so that happened. Then today I went to the midwife. Oh my god. OMFG. That was um, intense. Well, uh, yeah, it was quite intense. Quite a long appointment, yeah, isn't it? It is. Hour, hour and a half talking about you know me medical yeah. history was um mr gabby there no no i did not bring him i'm kind of glad i didn't bring him it wasn't yeah. really relevant to him yeah that's what i thought when i did. um but yeah i liked my, i liked the midwife she was really nice cool are you gonna have the same one all the way through so i should have her for all of my appointments apart cool. from maybe she's getting married in august so oh okay <laughs> It's like, okay, fine. You can excuse <laughs> for those appointments. Um, and uh, yeah, she was, I, I really liked her. Uh, she liked my bag. I liked her bag. You know, it's always a good start. Great chat. Mm. Mm. And yeah, she didn't really, I don't think she knew a lot about IVF. So that was quite interesting. It was kind of, we kind of skirted around those things Yeah, quite a bit. They treat you like you're just one of the normals. And you're like, yeah. Um. yeah. I was like, um, I'd actually quite like to talk about my my traumatic experience of getting pregnant. Yeah, but it wasn't really traumatic. I'm actually special. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Um, uh, but but yeah, she was kind of asking me what drugs I was on and stuff. And then she's organised a a 
an appointment with a consultant okay after my 12 week scan it, which i think is basically because because she doesn't know a lot about ivf i think she basically wants to get someone on their side to kind of chat to me about what i've been on and all of that stuff that's cool. what i can gather i didn't get that shit yeah it does seem like quite a celebrity. nice but i am like you could just go across the road to the clinic and ask them <laughs> as kings as well um, it's literally there yeah but um but yeah it was, it was good i've kind of it made me feel like it was real legit yeah yeah in a way that uh yeah and nothing else really has it's kind of like, well, she she seems to think this is happening, so yeah. I guess she's right. Yeah. But there is that funny thing about um, dating it. They don't seem to believe my dates. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Cause... You just have to kind of insist. Yeah. Because otherwise it's always going to be measuring small and you're always going to be freaking out. Well, yeah. but Or, or measuring large, because they seem to think my due date is after. Oh, really? Yeah. Because based on my period... My last period, I think, is how they do it, isn't it? Yeah. But, of course, we know exactly when it fucking happened. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've got a thing that... Like, a form that says conception date on it. Mm. Like, 22nd of November, if anyone's interested or wants to send presents. But um, it's... Yeah, and then they don't really... It's like... um, I don't know, it's weird. I feel like, given how common IVF is... Yeah. Like, in the mainstream NHS, they don't really get it. Because she was like, oh, we'll have to wait till your 12-week scan before we can probably date it. And I'm like, um, we really don't. It's not about when I ovulated. Yeah. We know exactly when it happened. It's weird, isn't it? It was science. What did it? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Didn't happen in my body. <laughs> At some unknown time. It happened in a fucking lab. It was a miracle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so I'm going to have to have a word, I guess, with the sonographer when I go in on for my 12-week yeah. scan. With my one, they were quite like... At the midwife appointment, they were like, um, so when was the last day of your last period or whatever they mm, asked? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. And she was like... I was like, I can tell you the exact day it was conceived, but I can't tell you when my period finished or started or whatever it was. Mm, started. And she was like, oh, okay, we'll do it like that then. And then when we went to the... Um, when we did the 12-week scan, the woman was like, it's measuring at this much. And I was like, well, that's dead on. That's exactly what I've <laughs> said it? all along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just... Because they were calling me... They were saying I was eight and two days, whereas according to my calculations yeah. via IVF, yeah. I'm exactly nine weeks today. Oh, happy nine weeks. Thanks, mate. Mm. Uh, it, it's now a uh, pecan. A pecan. Mm, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it, that's a bit of a funny one. Um, but hey, that's the way... I mean, it's not bothering me. It's fine, right? Yeah, exactly. We've got the information. Aren't pecans and blueberries about the same size? Mm, pecans are a bit longer. I guess. Yeah. I mean, these fucking sizes they give you are random, aren't they? They're very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Sorry, I digress. Anyway, yeah, so do I. Uh, But the other thing that happened today is... um, So I got uh, water-shamed for using... um, (laughs) For using Pret water bottle. Uh, um, Which you'll all be able to hear in a few weeks. (laughs) I won't mention it too much. But anyway, what it did mean is that I had had to go and get a new water bottle. Yeah. 
So I went to John Lewis today, buy a water bottle. Jesus Christ, there's lots of water bottles. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's choice. There's huge choice. Yeah. Um, and then someone on Instagram was like, don't get a BPA-free plastic. Why? Get glass or metal. Uh, I've got metal. I've got chilies. Oh, like, fuck, I think I bought... I don't know if I bought glass or plastic. I think it's plastic. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Why okay. Not? It's BPA free. Yeah, you're fine. You can't yeah. go everything free because, as the person who shall remain nameless, who we spoke to and water bottle <laughs> shamed you, pointed out, there's only so many things you can do. No, but this is the thing I am doing, Emma. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but what she pointed out I'm was not... like, there's only so many things that you can avoid. Yeah. And then BPAs is one thing you can avoid. So just avoid those yeah. and everything else. Just like fuck off. Oh, whatever. And like, anyway, yeah. So I've got a new bottle. I'm quite excited about it because it's like shaped like a, um, like an army kind of uh, hip flask. So it's, it's like kind of flat. Oh, I used to have that one. Oh uh, yeah. What's it called? What's the brand? Hip, I think. Yeah, yeah. I used to have that one, and then I lost it. Oh, I know. My friend Hannah gave it to me. Hi, yeah. Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Um, uh, yes, I'm quite happy. That's quite cool. Yeah. And the other thing I bought, actually, uh, give me a second, listeners. There's some great tissue paper rustling going on. Uh, inspired by your present giving last week, yeah. I decided to get you a present. Oh, you don't need to get me a present. Well, well I decided to because we were meant to go for a pedicure today, weren't we? We were, but then they told us we couldn't. No. So I got you a little... Uh, did you, oh, did you get me a pedi, pedi toxic, items? Toxic-free... Oh. Nail varnish. Oh, mate. Oh. Oh, I love the colour. Do you like it? Yeah. Oh, that is beautiful. I'm going to give myself a petty tonight. Yeah, it's got no badge in it. my toes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think of that. I should have hired John as well before giving it to you. <laughs> oh, mate, that's gorgeous. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, you didn't need to get me a present, though. That's oh, not yeah. the point. I know it wasn't the point. It's but beside the point. But you're going on holiday. I am going know. on holiday. Let's have a little treat. Yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. You're welcome. I just got on for myself, obviously. What did you? Yeah, I'm going to paint my toes. Sweet. I haven't painted my toes since I started IVF. Just don't press the pressure points that the pedicurist told well, me. You to tell us where the fuck bring they on are. Early they? <laughs> where are those uh. pressure points? People have pedicures all the time who are pregnant. Yeah, I know. But this is a posh place. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. I just don't want to put... I also... They were like, um, you can bring on early labour, so you've got to be over 12 weeks. But I was like, I don't want to go into labour. So I'm yeah. not going to have a pedicure either. What? So it's okay for someone who's... 13 weeks yeah. to go into early labour. Exactly. That's still not ideal, is it? That's very strange. I suppose I don't... Yeah, maybe it is you're not meant to have them until 12 weeks. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know anyone does. Anyway, thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. Have a great holiday. Thanks, I will. And we're done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, cut. Cut. <laughs> I think you say cut first. Cut. I'll check with John, but I'm pretty sure it's cut, then it's a wrap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> um, not that I've ever been on set, even I'm though I'm married sure to right. someone who sure. spends yeah. their lives there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, join us next week. Wait, well, join us. Oh, no, don't join us next week. The week after next week. Join us the week after next week, when we will be talking to the lovely Becky, Becky Kearns, a.k.a. Out to Finding Mum. Yeah. About early menopause and using egg donor donors donor donors. I was going to say donation, and I said donors at the very that's last okay. minute. Sounded a bit West Country, but it's all right. It's all right. It's where I hail from. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's. I mean, it's a really interesting conversation. Whether you're interested in egg donation or not. Yeah. 
and also she's quite a lovely person she's bloody lovely so she really is yeah um so yeah we will miss you uh when we're not here but yep. we will be back i'll write your postcard oh thanks then yeah all right bye bye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.